We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. This is the Best Bets podcast where myself and the other guy you see here, Jeff Goodman, are going to bring you every morning, every day of the week, a 15 to 20 minute pod, just looking at the best lines, looking at the best bets that you can make, trying to find a way to help you make some money betting on sports. A couple of things real quick. First of all, We need you to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. The best way to help grow this podcast and to grow this network is to have the interactions from you guys in the apps that you listen to these podcasts in. So if you enjoy what you hear today, or if maybe we give you a winning bet, hit that subscribe button, give us five stars, say something nice about us in the comments. It would be very much appreciated. The other part of this is we are going to be using odds from a very specific sports book. I am not going to tell you which sports book that is until they pay me to tell you which sports book it is. So with those things out of the way, let me introduce you to my co-host. We're going to call him Fade City, Jeff Goodman. Jeffrey, what's going on, man? I didn't know I agreed to do this every single day. I mean, can we, can we have a stand-in for me at times? Because I'm not sure I can deal with you every single day of the season. Honestly, the podcast will be better if I just do it by myself. So anytime <laughs> that you don't want to, the listeners are going to be very happy to hear you drop out. I'll, I'll I'll at least balance your your garbage out at times. All right. That's <laughs> All right, my so goal. Here. So what we're going to do on this first one is we're just going to take a quick look at some of the futures that we really like and some of the bets that we have and uh, some of the teams that we've invested in before the start of the season. Uh, I want to start with the teams that are considered to be the favorites to win the national yeah. title based on the odds that we have on the sports book. Uh, there are four teams that are all right at the top nationally. Three of them are the teams that you would expect. Villanova is sitting at plus 700, which means seven to one odds. You have Baylor at eight to one odds at plus 800. Gonzaga is at eight to one odds, and they are also plus 800. The other team on that list, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Jeffrey, talk me through this. Uh, Out of these four, I really like Gonzaga. And I have Baylor ranked number one in the preseason. I do. I I think they deserve it. Uh, But you're splitting hairs when it comes to those top three teams to me. I think Iowa's clearly number four. Whatever order you want to go in, Gonzaga, Villanova, Baylor, I'm fine with you going that route. I'm just going to say um, Gonzaga, to me, I think has the best opportunity for a a variety of reasons. Um, Number one, I think they've got multiple guys who can play the point. Young guys, 
older guys. Uh, they've got great balance. They've got great depth. And I think depth is going to be the most important thing separating some of these teams that we're talking about. I also think you have to look when we're doing this at leagues and their protocols for dealing with COVID. The Big Ten is going to have the most difficult time dealing with COVID because of their rules, right? 21 days. Um, so I'm going to have a harder time taking a Big Ten team than some of these other leagues. Um, I, I like Gonzaga. I think they're deep. I think they're talented. I love Jalen Suggs. I love Drew Timmy. I think they're going to have um, really good depth. Again, Andrew Nemhard could be eligible this year. He wasn't planning on playing the transfer from Florida. He could be their backup point guard this year. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, I was. I went through when I filled out the the rest of my top twenty five last night, and the thing that really stuck out to me about Gonzaga is that they are the most complete team. They are the hardest one to to pick a hole in, right? Like Jalen Suggs is going to be an awesome score first point guard that they have, right? They also have a complimentary point guard in Joel Ajayi uh, that can play off the ball, they can play on the ball, they can make threes, they can play in transition. That is six foot five, that has a link, that can be a defender. Corey Kisper is your quintessential three and D guy. Drew Timmy, you just mentioned him, absolute stud. Uh, so I think that Gonzaga is probably my favorite bet when it comes to the favorites. Um, Villanova at plus seven hundred. I have them number one in the country, but at seven to one compared to eight to one for Gonzaga, like I just uh, I think it's close enough that I don't really understand why you get that difference in in value right there. Maybe more money has already come in on on it's Villanova. Jay Wright. No, yeah. no, it's all about Jay Wright. They've won two national titles in the last five years. They they deserve to be the favorite. Yep. Um, I will not be investing in Baylor. I'm a little bit worried about what they can be offensively. You know, I I think so last year they were elite defensively, which means that they could just be good enough on the offensive end, just kind of ride whatever Jared Butler could do for them without Freddie Gillespie. I don't know if they are still that the the best defense in college basketball. They're going to be really good, but if they're not the best defense in college basketball, do they have enough weapons offensively to be able to go out and win a national title? I don't know. I don't feel comfortable eight to one investing in them. I will not be touching Iowa. Eight yeah, to me one, either. I mean, the no King chance. Guard, the height- I, I, listen, we we all love, although you don't love, um, you don't love Luca as much as I love Luca, but you <laughs> don't trust Luka. the rest of the team nearly as much. I would agree. I wouldn't touch Iowa at, at eight to one. There, yeah, so no here, here's my little rant on them, right? So the lowest ranked team heading into the NCAA tournament, the Ken Palmer has been around for the last 18 years. Yeah. The team that was the lowest ranked team to win a national title in, in Ken Palm's rankings was 39th in adjusted defensive efficiency. That was North Carolina in 2009. There have been just two teams that have made the national title game ranked outside of the top 50 in adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. That was Baylor. Uh, I'm sorry, Butler in 2011. They were ranked 72nd. And uh, Michigan in 2013, they were ranked 66th. Michigan had uh, had Trey Burke and John Beeline. Butler beat VCU in the Final Four to get to the national title game. Iowa last season was 97th in adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm, and that was their best defensive season in four years. They are projected this year to be 74th. They have to take an unexpected and massive leap on the defensive end to be anywhere near good enough to to historically make it Can to I the national title game. How often are you going to quote Ken Palm on this? I'm, quite a bit, How actually. Often? Quite a oh, bit. Jesus quite a bit. Christ. You better get used to it. That's why I I don't want preseason better. Ken Palm crap. 
Like, like once the season no, no, it's gets just, going, that's fine. That's fine. But, but that's just putting it into context. That, so look at what fine. they were last year. They bring don't everybody tell me what back. They're projected this year up. Okay, I don't give so a shit how about this? How about this? Last year they were ninety seventh, and we're all excited about them because they bring everybody back. Which means all those guys that couldn't guard last year, right, still can't aren't going to be able to guard this year. All right, right. let's talk a little bit about the blue bloods. Right, um, we have Kentucky yep. at eleven to one. Yep. We have Kansas at eleven to one, and yep. we have Duke at thirteen to one. Out of those three, yeah. who do you like the most? Is there anyone that you really think is is a good bet or a good value easy. at this point in time? This is an easy pick for me out of those those three. So easy, and, and it's all about experience. It's Kansas, clearly. Kentucky's got one dude coming back, and he's hurt. Keon Brooks. He averaged what four points a game last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Calipari returns less than he's ever returned in Lexington in a year in which. There wasn't a full summer because of the pandemic. So those freshmen are much further behind than they usually would be had they been on campus since, uh, you know, June uh, or, or, or such. Duke has two guys back, right? I mean, they really got two key contributors back from, uh, from last year. I think Matthew Hurt's going to be a lot better. Don't get me wrong. I, I do. And Wendell Moore's a good player, but uh, they're young, very young. Kansas, they're older. They're older, period. Marcus Garrett is a veteran. Agbaji's been there for a while. Um, I think David McCormick is going to have a monster year, a monster year. I almost put him on one of my preseason All-American teams. Because why? Yeah. Who? If Bill Self has a big, what does he do? Scores. Yeah. He gets him the ball. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. He feeds his bigs the ball. David McCormick isn't going to be defensively Obviously, what we saw from the big doke last year. But what he is, is he's going to be a weapon uh, in the paint. And I think Marcus Garrett uh, isn't going to be an elite-level point guard, but he'll do the job well. He can obviously guard. And they've got a bunch of other pretty good players uh, around them. Bryce Thompson, a freshman. they got a really good uh, Juco player coming in, Grant Foster. So I, I think Kansas, to me, uh, clear, clearly, I'll take them over Kentucky or Duke. How about that? Yeah. I, I think I agree with you at, at these specific price points. I don't love Kansas at 11 to one overall, but I do yeah. think that they're probably the best value of those three. Um, the one thing I will say about Kentucky is this. I do think that they are, they have the talent to win a national title. I think that they are going to be an elite defensive team, especially if you buy into the idea that the, the combination of Devin Askew and, um, and Davion Mitz, the point can, can be good enough. Now, my thing is exactly what you just mentioned. This is such a new team. And they went through a COVID summer where they didn't get a chance to really get to know each other. They're not going to have all those non-conference games where they can kind of figure out how to play with each other. So if you want to bet on Kentucky to win the national title, don't do it now. Wait until they take a bad loss and they drop to like 20 to one. See if they start out like four and three on the season and drop to 25 to one. So wait to buy them low. Same thing with Duke, Rob. I I think Duke's going to take some losses early. You know, part of it too is people don't realize this. Coach K didn't even, he wasn't even around his team until practice started officially pretty much wasn't working out the guys because he was worried and other people around the program were telling him don't come in because mm-hmm. of because of the virus so I, I think they're going to be further behind as well um they've got a talented obviously they got a talented uh group freshman group led by jeremy roach their, their point guard but yeah I, i'm with you i don't love any of them but i like kansas i like kansas at, at 11 to 1 
it's, it's the right it's the right price I, it has them as a, a top six team in the country and i think that that that's the right price for them a top six team in the country one thing i will say about duke is i do feel like they've flown a little bit under the radar because they don't have that like massive big name recruit coming in yep. um and i i like i like the way that the roster is made up in the sense that uh, Jalen Johnson is going to be a great playmaker that can kind of slot into that four role. They have a floor spacer in Matthew Hurt. Wendell Moore is a guy that can kind of be like a junkyard dog defender that is probably going to take a step forward this year. And the fact that they have a, a guy that can create in Jalen Johnson to help take the load off of a freshman point guard in, in Jeremy Roach, to me, that says like, okay, this team might actually be pretty good. Um, the concern I have is that like all of this stuff is a guess. We don't know anything about any of these guys really beyond the fact that like Matthew Hurt was about the same level as you would have been defensively in the ACC last year. And Wendell Moore took a little while to figure I've things out. Quickness. I'm very deceptive. <laughs> you do. You do. Robert. I, I, uh, what do you have? Like a torn, uh, you got a torn meniscus and you got, um, you got, got like bad things. heels. Like you're all, you're yeah, all. Bang, I got bang. a lot, a lot yeah. of things going on right now. Just you're watching at this old. point. All right, a couple more things, and then we'll, we're going to get out of here. Uh, first, are there any flyers in terms of teams like twenty-five to one, thirty to one, maybe higher that you Hell really yeah. like out of uh, out of this year to win the national title? What yeah, you got and then for I'm going to pick your flyer because I, I know who it is. I guarantee I'm, I can pick it. I have I have two, and if you can right. get both of them, I will be very impressed. I know I can get one of them, but I, you should be able to get one of mine easy. I mean, if you can't figure out one of mine, who who's the coach in the country that I trust the most? I'm looking through it right now. Outside of 25 to 1? Yes. Chris Holtman? No. Chris Mack? No. Dana Altman? Dana Altman at 30 to 1 for Oregon. Um, I that's, believe that's pretty good. That's not bad. It's good. What's Chris Beard right now? 30 to 1. There you go. 30 mm-hmm. to 1, Chris Beard. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Now, again, the Mac McClung experiment is going to be absolutely <laughs> fantastic to watch. I mean, Think about Beard when McClung just starts jacking shots and doesn't guard. He's going to go out of his mind, out of his mind. But then somebody's going to tell him, one of his assistants is going to go over to him, Yurik, maybe somebody like Mark Adams, whoever, is going to go over him and say, hey, Beard, do you remember last year? We didn't have a guy who could do anything off the bounce. Nobody. Let him play. We don't care if he really guards. It doesn't matter. Let him go. My take was that was the perfect fit for both parties, assuming that Mac McClellan was going to be bought in because yeah. he's going to be forced to play defense, which he right. did not do at Georgetown. Yes. And Texas Tech is going to be forced to allow him to kind of just rock offensively because yeah. that is not – they did not have that last year. And if you go yeah. back and you look at the, the two best years that they had, 2018 and 2019, their offense was basically like, okay, we're going to run a bunch of motion stuff, see if we can get a shot. And then we're going to give the ball to Keenan Evans, let him go. Or we're going to give the ball to Jarrett Culver and let him go. They didn't have that guy last year. Kyler Edwards was not ready. Jamias Ramsey kind of, he kind of developed into like a spot up shooter. Already couldn't make a play off the bounce. Couldn't do it. They had a bunch. What they had was a bunch of shooters to surround the playmaker that never, never developed. So if Mac McClung can be that guy, it kind of changes things for him. So I like that. I like Oregon at 30 to one. Now, can you pick yours? Tennessee. Yes. 35 to one for Tennessee is baffling to me. They have them as not a top 25 team. I have them ranked where they should be ranked. I I think a lot of people have them ranked too high out of the gates. I have them at 20 in the preseason. Where do you have them? About 10? I I think I have them number seven. I am all in on this team. 
There's a couple okay. of reasons why. Let me let me give you my pitch. Keon Johnson, I think, is going to be awesome. Everything that I've heard coming out of out of Tennessee practices is that he's awesome. Yeah. And he wasn't their highest rated freshman. Jaden Springer might actually be their best freshman coming in. Now, Santiago Vescovi last year was at the point. Like his biggest thing turns the ball over like crazy. Like crazy. Leaves his but, way too often. Yeah. But he came from Uruguay, landed on like a, a Friday, and was in the starting lineup on a Saturday. In the middle of the season, he walked into SEC play and had to start because Lamont Turner's shoulder gave out and he had to he, he quit basketball in the middle. Well, not quit. He had to he had to shut things down because of an injury in the middle of the season. So now he's had a, a full summer to kind of like figure things out and, and, and learn what it takes at the college level. You have Josiah Jordan James, who, by the way, was a five star last year. That's yep. going to be back. John Fulkerson was the best big guy in the SEC for the last month of conference play. And Eves Pond's the best defender in college basketball. So you're going to be able to give all these different looks. You have all of these switchable athletic pieces on the wing. You have Eves Pond's, who's the anchor for everything that you want defensively. To me, like that just 35 to 1, it's baffling to me that they are at that number. I, I know, like, I, I'm not saying that they value. should be like, no, yes, great, great value. value. Great value. Texas Tech, great value. Those are two that, that certainly stand out to me. Last um, one for me is another team from the state of Texas. Yep. Houston, forty to one. Um, it, 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 it's I'm a little worried about it because because Fabian White tore his ACL, so they, yeah. they don't really have as much depth up front. But they got four great guards, and you're just betting on Kelvin Sampson to figure it out. Yes. Yeah. No. I. I. I listen. You always. To me, the consistency here. If you're going to go with the, a team that's thirty to one, you better have a good coach. Number one. Mm-hmm. Like. Like to me, I'm trying to think of the last subpar coach to win a national title. Kevin Ollie. <laughs> yes. Right. Definitely. Yes, definitely. Kevin Ollie. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I mean, really good coaches win it every year, yeah. whether, whether they have talent or not, whether it's Jay Wright winning a couple, Roy K Calipari. I mean, like generally Jim Calhoun got one. Yeah. Got plenty. Chris Calhoun Beard, plenty. Chris Be- uh, Tony Bennett won a title. Chris Beard made it to yes. a title game. So. You have to start there. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like you, you can cross off. I don't know. A bunch of, of, not a bunch, but you can cross off a handful here uh, right towards the top because they don't have great coaches. Uh, can I give you a couple baffling things? Okay. So I can't find any odds at all for Rutgers. Not to say they're going to win it all. They're Here's not. Why. Here's why. You're, why. you're not allowed to bet on New Jersey basketball teams with, with really? the legal books. Yeah. Ah, I can't didn't know do that. It. I tried. There were times when I tried to bet on Ryder last year. There were times when I tried to bet on Seton Hall last year. Yeah. You can't bet on the the New what Jersey about Oklahoma State? basketball teams. Why isn't Oklahoma State on there? But Oklahoma is because Oklahoma State's ineligible for the tournament. How are they going to win the title? Oh yeah, good point. I forgot about that one. Forgot about that one. Ah. Hopefully, we, can we get that turned around? By the way, like who do I have to call the NC, uh, NCAA to make this right? I don't know, but here, here's what I would do. And I'm going off on a tangent here. We should, we should talk about this on another pod. But if you're Arizona, LSU, Kansas, all those teams, why not self-impose right now for this year? Because there may not be an NCAA tournament. I mean, let's be honest. Like, if you're smart, you're Arizona. Kansas has a legitimate shot this year to win it all. But Arizona has, like, nine international guys. It's really seven. But seven international guys, you couldn't – tell me one guy on their team other than James Akinjo for the most part. Um, just self-imposed today, right? Because mm-hmm. that worked so well for uh, for Louisville when they got the banner taken down. <laughs> yeah, Arizona's got no banner. What are they going to take down? The banner and, you know, 
97. Uh, um, one last thing that I will note is that if you don't want to to take Tennessee to win the title, they are plus yeah. 800 to get to the final four. Texas Tech plus 650 to get to the final four. Not quite as tasty. Uh, Houston plus 900 to get to the final four. Last thing, Jeff, and then we're going to get out of here. I do want to talk a little bit about some of the lines for conference winners. Okay. Um, and there are three specifically that I really liked and, and that stood out to me. The first was Tennessee plus 265 to win the SEC. Now, uh, the difference between them and Kentucky is plus 175. And to me, that's just too big of a difference. I'm also very high on Tennessee. So that was one that stood out for me. Uh, Illinois plus 350 when Iowa is plus uh, 270 to win yeah. the Big Ten title is something that stood out to me. I, For my money, Illinois is the best team in the Big Ten. I already have about this, Jeff. The day that Io and Kofi said that they were coming back, I fired on Illinois. 50 to one odds. Pretty good. That's pretty good. One I like that. I like the, that. And the last one that I have is Oregon plus 430 to win the Pac-12. They are rated as the third best team in that conference, and I don't get it. doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think one of my favorite ones is Boise State to win the Mountain West. Plus 250. I think they're clearly the best team in the Mountain West. Uh, San Diego State's going to take a hit, as we know. Uh, Utah State going to take a huge hit without Sam Merrill. UNLV's not boy. that good. New Mexico stinks. Uh, Fresno stinks. I, I think this is Boise going all the way with, with Derek Alston as a veteran there. Uh, I also, I, you know, the other one that I thought was kind of underrated, and even within their their league, I'm not saying they're going to win it, but Memphis plus 400 mm-hmm. in the AAC. I, I know we both like Houston, but Memphis. They got a lot of talent. They got a lot of talent and they're older now. Yeah. So I, I'd be more interested in in like a Memphis title or final four future than uh winning the American just because like I, I don't I don't see how Calvin Sampson doesn't get that done. So that's it's it's a hundred to one for them to win the, the national title, Memphis. I'm not saying they're gonna win it, but you're right. Final four, I might roll final the four. dice there. The, yep. the the hard part of all these is all it's gonna take and, and what to me, why you go underdog and you go long futures on a lot of these is this year, all it's going to take is Houston getting shut down at the mm-hmm. wrong time for 14 days and coming back, right? Missing a couple of games, coming back after a two-week layoff and their first game is against Memphis and Memphis hasn't had the layoff. Well, who's going to have the advantage? I mean, clearly it's all going to be about timing this year, which is why to me, the favorites – I'm staying away from the favorites as much as humanly possible this year uh, because, again, timing is going to be of utmost importance. I'll go with the kind of mid-range teams and, and some of those other teams that are even a little bit longer uh, and, and see what happens. Yep, I agree with you. Very savvy point is the first one you made all podcast. Jeff, it's been a pleasure. As always, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, and make sure that every morning you are going to be getting directly into your phones – our breakdowns of that night's college basketball betting action. Jeffrey, I'll catch up with you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.